everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt With Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Luke, sitting here with my co-host, Carter. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? It's uh, weird to be across the screen from you after spending so much time with you these last couple weeks. I know. I really dug uh, doing those episodes in person. It's a little bit easier, more natural than doing it through the screen, all the awkward delay and all that other bullshit. Yeah, you can't beat it. But how about our guest, huh? Old Doc Rob himself in the flesh what's up in the flesh through the screen what's up guys what's up man thanks for joining us uh, yeah thanks for having me on again twice in one week you're like our new best friend dude yeah i'm digging it you guys are a good i said it on saturday night and that was a that, that was a totally expert of the moment podcast but that you guys are a good group of dudes i really enjoyed being next to you guys like that that made the event a ton of fun uh you guys being there on for that Rome, Georgia event. So I'm really looking forward to purgatory and cause that's going to be a, definitely a bigger event. So I'm really looking forward to see, seeing what that turns into. I will say I have adjusted our rules a little bit for purgatory. We're going to be a little bit tighter. There's a little bit, you know, uh, probably a little bit less uh, loosey goosey with the, uh, the old beers and we're definitely not passing the bottle of whiskey around. So. We're going to keep it between the lines a little bit better. I mean, your lines are pretty wide right now, so I don't know. I don't think it's going to take much to bring it tighter, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you'll have to report back to me, Rob, and let us know how this crew did in purgatory. I mean, so how- as far Go ahead. I was just going to say, is, as far as the Hunt Lift Deep crew is concerned, we actually did pretty good. Nobody got naked. Nobody got into a fight. So I'll call that a win <laughs> all fucking day. <laughs> yeah, your lines are pretty wide, man. But hey, <laughs> as long as we keep it between the mustard and the mayo for purgatory, it's, we're good. That's right, man. That's all you got to do. Too easy. That's right. one, just one eye in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what the hell happens. <laughs> Oh, oh man. gosh. No, I mean, I think that was the best part about Rome, though, was just meeting you and, you know, Joe and all the other guys that, that we got to meet. The rest of them, I mean, I've known Brandon for a bit now, but meeting the rest of the good guys from math, Josh and Brandon's mom, and, like, it was just really cool to build that community even more. And uh, I know we had a ton of fun, and everybody, that's all we've been talking about for the past couple, you know, what has it been, a week, two weeks now? So it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So how many of the same crew will be at Purgatory that um, that was at Rome? Uh, TBD. There's some guys are trying to make it work, but Garrett will definitely still be there because uh, he's coming on full-time for me now, uh, and he'll be helping with all the events going forward. But then we've got – I don't know. It might just be me and Garrett that was at Rome. Um, Carter can't make it. But we've got a full new crew of guys that are coming out, so you'll meet. I will say the Southeast is probably our rowdier bunch. The Mountain West group's probably a little bit more put together, um, at least on paper. That reads less fun, Rob. Less fun. <laughs> right, that's exactly what that reads, yeah. Read between the lines. <clears throat> well, Garrett's always down to throw down, so. <laughs> and Chad, man. Oh, my God. That dude, he is so damn fun. I'm telling you, he's got to be the one commentating. Like, we didn't have that last year at the Cornhole Tournaments. And it was, like, they were fun. 
but no one was laughing like what was going on when he was commentating commentating at Roma. We've got to get four speakers set up at all four corners so that way he can commentate all four games. Get him a little stand like what they've got for tennis. No, I mean for real. If, get him if up in the air. He, he should be emceeing like all the events for Brandon. Like it would just change the dynamic so much because this shit that he comes out with, and him and Cole <laughs> could just tag team it because they're just ridiculous. Yeah. It was a good time. The two big definitely men. a fun corner. Yep. <laughs> yep. My favorite part. I was telling this. We were at, uh, our, we had a seminar the other day, and I was talking to most of the team. My favorite part, I think, of the entire weekend was after you did your seminar, and I think it was actually pretty well received from from all of our guys. And you, you gave out those goodie bags with the exercise bands, and I just look over, and you look over. It was about the same time. We're on opposite sides of the little our little tent. And we just see Carter over there using the the tube, the rubber tubing to drink beer out of his like a straw. <laughs> the look of just sheer disappointment on your face was just bar none. <laughs> Is that what I gave? Was that the kind of oh, look I gave? Was just disappointment. It wasn't just, approval, that's for sure. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> it was just like, man, we just talked about sleep and health, and you know. What, what we need to do for training and the different energy systems and, you know, prehab, rehab, all this other stuff and give us this cool little goodie bag so we can, you know, get our, our stretches in and Carter's drinking beer with it. <laughs> I forgot he did that. I do remember that. I'm on the straight yeah, and narrow right. now, doc. I'm on the straight and narrow. I've gone sober. At least for Same. Is that right? Drinking yeah. LaCroix. <clears throat> yeah. Oh man, that's a hard change. Is that going to be sustainable? No, we do. We do it in increments. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a lot of binge fast around here. Yeah. Until I it see Luke again, like- I'm on the, I'm on the straight and narrow. When's that going to be? When's that going to be happening? June 16th. The weekend after math. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that for the rendezvous or whatever you guys are having at, yep. at your ranch or at your farm? Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, that's a couple months of sobriety. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, how we do it. Get so good, yeah. Get in so, shape a little bit. Go knock yeah. out your liver and everything else for a weekend and then get back after it for September. Is that the plan? Pretty much, yeah. So we're, we actually just – we were talking about it a little bit before we jumped on. So one of our uh, workout programs, it's called Modi. It's our strength-focused one. And all of our programs still have an element of uh, – kind of hitting all three energy systems and so there's metabolic conditioning and you do some endurance to work into it but the focus is on the strength piece and we're doing it through an app called Wattify and it's our first run it's beta just with the team and we've got a good crew I think we've got around 20 somewhere in there that have signed up 20 or 30 and uh, today was the first day and it kicked my ass and it was definitely a little bit of wake up call of the 10 day bender that I have been just coming off of and I went and I finished that and sat in the sauna for 15 minutes, just chugging water. I was like, all right, it's time to get my shit together. <laughs> I started cramping during the warm up. Like I can squat a lot. Oh, no. I can squat a lot of weight. And I was sitting there squatting 165 and I started cramping and I like couldn't even hold like a deep squat. My muscles were spasming. And I was like, oh my God, I've just been poisoning myself. <laughs> oh no. That's there funny. was a, there's a Metcom at the end of the workout today, Rob, and I was thinking about you in the uh, on the second round, and I was like, 
in my head, I was like, I don't know what fucking energy system this is, but I'm about to have another heart attack. <laughs> I need old Doc right now. Did you, did you uh, keep it together after you were done with it, or did you have to go off to the side? No, I mean, I, I haven't boozed in a while, so I was good to go. No problem. So you're, so you're golden. Yeah, golden. Crushed it. But Crushed I was it. thinking about it. I mean, wouldn't expect anything less, honestly. Like if you can do if you can do that mountain fitness challenge the day after and do it twice in a row, like you're you're set, you're fine. I don't I didn't set, know why you're working out. That's what I'm saying. It's it's all genetics. He didn't even stretch. He just shuts the fuck up. <laughs> Actually, I took my warm up seriously because of uh, the conversation you and I had before the mountain fitness challenge. I took my warm up seriously. I was like, this would make Doc proud. Righteous. Would you? Uh, what do you think of that? The Mountain Fitness Challenge, Doc. Kind of. What was your uh, your opinion coming out of that? I think it's fucking awesome, and I don't. I don't really want to swear a whole lot on podcasts, but I think it's fucking awesome. You can swear um, on this one. It's this fun. is the right one. This, this is the one's right okay. One okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. <clears throat> like. So yeah, and that that was one of the things that we wanted to talk about tonight was that Mountain Fitness Challenge and uh, figuring out a way that. Uh, I can help compliment you, uh, help you guys out with that to make it a little bit better. Anything that you guys need help with, um, especially purgatory, because I'm going to have a buddy coming up with me to that one too. So we'll have, I'll have double the army. It doesn't take much to double my army though. Um, but I think it, yeah, that was a fun element that I think is going to take off because they used to do with a cold shot challenge in the morning. And, um, it was kind of like come at your own will, come at your own pace and show up and shoot whenever you want. But having something like that on Saturday morning uh, to kick things off and uh, like it was a structured event, I think that's going to really take off, um, especially when you start to do it. Like next year, you're going to talk about doing it at every one of the events. I think that's going to be um, pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, we're going to offer it. I talked to Brandon. We're going to do more of a window at Perg, so it's not just at 630. So it'll be like from 630 to noon or whatever. So we've got people can kind of come and go as they're showing up. Cause like, you know, if somebody's not shooting till noon, do they really want to show up at six 30 if they're not camping out, you know? So just trying to balance it so we can maximize participation, but yeah, I'm stoked. I think it's gonna be really cool. What we're going to do now is <clears throat> all the HLE crew will do it Friday, uh, either during the day. I kind of want to do it during the day. Cause I think it'd be good to kind of drum up some interest, let people see it and watch yep. us run through it. And, you know, we're not exactly subtle with anything we do. So uh, they'll, they'll probably be a bit of a scene, but I think that, I think it'll be good. I'm stoked. It, it, I think it went really well. And you know, the, the biggest thing for me was like, man, we should have, we need to run, make sure everybody's running through this before we go judge other people, especially as we have new guys coming in and then we're running it at our rendezvous, rendezvous two, um, which I'm really stoked about because we'll have it just with, with our guys. So I think it's going to be cool. And I think it's, it's a good short little deal. I'm going to mute this real quick. Perks are living in the campground. Yeah, I have a big diesel crane truck ripping through my trailer park. For those that don't know, I'm currently in Louisiana, living in out of an RV in a campground in west central Louisiana. It's a, it's a great life. 
Maybe Luke, maybe we should take a second and, and back up and, and uh, give Rob a chance to introduce wilderness physical therapy here before we just BS <laughs> for an entire hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man, this is all right. It's pretty par for what we do, but yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get your credentials. So, you know, they don't think we're, we're just talking to another Yahoo like we usually are. This guy's actually a learned doctor. <laughs> this guy knows well, things. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I'm just a guy who likes to hunt and happen to go to school. I think I smiled my way through school, to be honest with you. Like, that's that's how I passed. Um, I'm not <laughs> the smartest guy. That's for damn sure. But, no, I'm a, I'm a physical therapist. I graduated back in 2017 um, with my doctorate, and then I've got my – uh, certified strength and conditioning specialist certification through the NSCA. And I got that right away after school too. Um, I've been writing strength programs for myself and then others since 2012 and then professionally since about 2015. And then, um, the aerobic side of things, I've just started to get into that with the, with wilderness PT, like getting into the Western hunting side. Uh, it's kind of forced me to, um, it's kind of forced me to get into the programming as far as the aerobic side. Like it's not just going out for a run anymore. It's like, there's, there's a dosing to that. Um, <clears throat> Wilderness PT that started back in 2021. I had a, had an experience on my, um, it had been my second back first, my second back country hunt, but my first legitimate back country hunt, we were eight miles in and the trip, like I flew up to California, uh, I'd been training all summer for it, doing two, two a days for about three months, getting ready for it. And um, I got out there and the pack in just sucked. It was hot. I didn't, my sleep sucked. Like I was going on 45 minutes of sleep because the trip up to the trailhead took almost a third longer than what we thought it was going to be. I think we thought it was going to be an eight hour drive. So we're going to get up there probably around 11 o'clock midnight. Now we didn't get there till I think 4.30 in the morning. Um, and then, <clears throat> so the packing sucked, like I was cramping about halfway through and, um, I was like, there's gotta be, I can't be the only joker that's done this before. <laughs> so that's what started wilderness PT was me wanting to, um, me wanting to improve someone's ability to do that and not have that same experience that I had. Uh, I've been bow hunting since I was 12, then gun hunting since I was 12 back in Wisconsin for deer. And then. Um, so that's where the hunting background came into play. So the Western hunting is also new to me since 2019. So I've done a lot of learning the last three or four years of my life between gear and fitness and all that stuff, as far as getting ready for a backcountry hunt. But, um, this, the base of the knowledge, um, I've had for a while and now it's just kind of applying it to the hunting athlete, the outdoor athlete. Um, yeah, so that's how, that's how wilderness started. That's, that's my background. Um, I guess, did I, did I cover everything that I needed to cover? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, as you've grown, you know, what you're doing and you're, you're starting to like kind of solidify it, you know, how's that, how's it going? You know, I, you said you're going to all the math events this year. Is that, is that your primary like avenue for, like, are you just kind of tagging along with math and, or are you going to other shows or like, what, what's, what's it look like? Like, what, how are you building this? Yeah. So, um, 
I've math is the 3d archery events are the main way that I've started to spread the word. I did my first one back in 2021 out in California. <clears throat> and then last year I did two out in California and then uh, I did three math events this year. I'm, I just decided to travel with math being in Wisconsin right now. Uh, it's the trip out to California is a long ways away. Uh, and math seems to have a really good thing going as far as their growth and what they're trying to do, like bringing you guys on. Honestly, like that was, um, that was huge for me because I didn't want to be the only person in fitness or healthcare and you guys are a lot bigger than I am. So you guys are definitely going to bring more of the pizzazz to it and make it a lot more fun and a lot more engaging, engaging. Um, <clears throat> but as far as the growth, like it's, it's definitely grown my first year that I opened it, that I opened quote unquote my doors because everything I do is online. So the first year I moved after I launched it, I moved five times from February 21 to February of 2022. I moved five different times into those four different States. So I didn't have time to sit down and do anything. Um, and then 2022 last year is when I connected with Brandon and math. And then that's when things started to grow a little bit for me, making connections in, in the hunting industry. Um, and then I got a few clients from the last few events with math and then, um, it kind of died down over the winter. I really didn't do much over the winter. I was busy. I, I was busy restructuring my business and creating this 12 week program that I've got. Um, so I'm getting away from the traditional telehealth physical therapy because there's licensure issues with that. Like I have to be licensed in every state that the patient is in, not the state that I'm in. So like for you, Luke, I'd have to be licensed in Louisiana to technically treat you as a physical therapy uh, patient. Carter, Sounds have expensive. To be, yeah, it's yeah, it's very expensive. Um, I actually just let my California license and my Idaho license just lapsed yes, lapsed yesterday, actually, and I don't plan on renewing those because the program that I have going now, I don't have to be. I'm not technically doing physical therapy; it's more performance based but you are getting the guidance from a physical therapist so we can work through aches and pains. I just can't diagnose you. Um, I can have a very good idea of what is going on, but I, I just won't diagnose. Um, so that is the benefit of, of working, um, working with like my 12 week program that I've got. Uh, going into that 12 week program, is that kind of where going into that? Is that okay if I talk about that? Oh yeah. yeah. Want to talk about your okay. programs. Sure. You're talking about your outdoor athlete programs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I've got two, I've got the outdoor athlete and then I've got the female outdoor athlete. The outdoor athlete program, they're both 12 weeks, but the outdoor athlete program is geared for men and women. So both can do that program. Um, that one, it's split up into two phases. The first phase is more of like the, the goal writing, the anatomy, the exercise technique. And then the second phase is more of the programming side of things. Like teaching people like strength training and then the, the parameters of strength training, aerobic training, mobility, um, mobility balance, and then a little bit of nutrition, a little bit of sleep, a little bit of, uh, I'd have to look at the outline again, but I forget what the, all the other aspects are, but it's a 12 week course. We meet weekly. And, uh, by the end of it, the goal is the person is able to, um, the person has a very good understanding of the human body, the energy systems, the anatomy, all that stuff. And then they're able to write their own programs if they want to. If they don't want to write their own programs and they want to do like your guys' program, that's fine. Like that's that's also a benefit of doing this is that they can look at your program and modify it to 
what their equipment uh, needs are, what their like mobility needs are, like if they have something going on, so they can still do your guys' workout, but modify things that they need to modify without really having to rely on somebody else or just do the movement and then get hurt doing the program and then not do the program at all. Um, and then the female outdoor athlete program is, <clears throat> it's basically the same as the outdoor athlete program, but it's for women who are experiencing any sort of leaking or incontinence. So I took an eight week course on that. I'm no expert by any means, but I have today, I discharged my first, um, client that was a success as far as treatment. She had been dealing with pain for six years, no kids, like she's 20 years old. Um, she had no kids, nothing like that. She's been dealing with low back pain and um, pelvic symptoms, pelvic girdle symptoms and incontinence and all this stuff for six years since she was a freshman in high school. And seen all sorts of PT, seen chiropractors, seen massage therapists, saw a bunch of different docs. No one could figure it out. And I saw her for one session. I was like, oh, let's, you know, I'm taking this course. Like I full disclosure is like, I'm taking this course. I'm no expert, but let's try this. And she tried it and she started to get better. And by like three or four sessions, she was golden, like had no pain, no symptoms, low back pain was gone. And then the last few sessions that we've had, um, it was more progressing to, she's a, she wanted to get back into weight training. So it was more progressing back to the weight training movements and teaching her how to control her, um, control the blood, control the pelvic floor without, um, or with heavier loads. So that's the, that's the 12 week female, female outdoor athlete program is females that are experiencing any sort of leaking or incontinence. Yeah. I love Sorry about the, both of those. About the and oh, all fine. good, man. I love both of those, man. And I love, you know, as soon as you and I started talking at math, I was like, this guy gets it and kind of is about the same kind of mission. And that education aspect is huge, right? And I said this on the tips episode that is going to come out the same week this does, but, you know, and you and I talked at length, but the education part is obviously really important to myself and, and Luke as well, but that's everything like empowering other folks to understand and comprehend everything that you're providing them is a, a massive service in and of itself. Right. And it's like a very selfless thing to do. And, you know, you told me like, if you, you don't want to see your clients again, right. That means you've done your job. If these, if you can help these folks heal up, whatever is, you know, keeping them back and you want them to go off and, and be able to tackle whatever they need to tackle without is that his wife you know, or meeting co- constantly with you. <laughs> but I mean, no, exactly what he's talking about is, it, you know, and, and I love that part that you said about like, you know, they could grab our program and know how to scale it. And that is something that's like so important is whether it's our program or any program, we've talked about this on previous episodes, especially once we've talked about our program. And it's like, the program is just like the baseline and the guidelines. And like, if you follow the kind of the general philosophy of what we're doing, how we're attacking you know, different aspects, whatever the focus for that pro the specific program is, and then how we're attacking that energy system and then maintaining in the other ones. <clears throat> and you understand that you can understand the bigger picture. Then one, you can do your own programming. I personally, I used to always do my own programming. Now I just don't have time and I love to be able to just grab a program and I might tweak it or yeah. change it or whatever, but I have a little bit of a baseline knowledge. I'm no expert. I don't know how many letters next to my name, but like I have, you know, I've been training for a long time and like, 
just having that baseline really helps you out. And I think because people just it's like they'll look at a program and just like panic and then like not want to do it because they just don't understand what's going on. And we, we see that where they'll get super intimidated. And it's like, well, you can scale it back. And we actually just released every program now has a beginner and intermediate version because all of ours are probably would be considered kind of advanced. And we, we realized that like going, you know, with the feedback we've gotten yeah. after the past 18 months or so since we launched them is like, you know, we built this kind of from the perspective of, you know, because me and my buddy, he was the one doing the programming, but with my ideas and it's like, for the focus and stuff it's like we've been training a certain way got military background like all this stuff we take for granted certain things that a lot of people don't understand so it's like okay let's roll this back right. so folks can can go forward but we're our biggest i would say you know where we need to address better is the education piece so it's awesome that you've got that and you're teaching like that it's like a foundations program really and where you're teaching them the baseline yeah. like this is actually just like the initial focus for holistic health here it is, and then you know you can go use that into whatever. Yeah, exactly, and that's like that was the main thing with me is like I I didn't want to get into at first when I opened when I opened up WPT I wanted to get into program writing. That's what I enjoyed doing. That I missed that aspect when I became a physical therapist, and then I started doing it. And I was like, I don't want to write programs for people. I want to educate them on how. So that way they know what they're doing, right? Because if they don't, if they don't know what they're doing, it's the same. You just said it; like they're going to look at it, get confused, and just walk away and find something else that's a little more simple. Um, and so it, it, like, it's easy to make things look. It's easy to get fancy with your programming, but that's one thing that I've learned is like, if you do the basics right, if you do the, it doesn't have, yeah, if you do the basics right, if you do. Um, like pull-ups, deadlift, bench press, squats. You don't have to get these fancy Instagram-worthy movements in, um, because that, like, not all. Just because something's super difficult doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the most beneficial for you. You can go in the gym and kick your ass every single day. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the benefiting benefiting you the most, especially for mountain fitness. Um, so that's one thing that I wanted to bring to the table as far as the education piece is like, it's, you can get an awesome workout without having to barely walk out of the gym every single day. hundred <laughs> percent. One of my favorite right? quotes, actually just, I just pulled it up is from it's Mark Ripito who, you know, is considered one of the best guys for foundational strength, but it's like, you do not need to do many different exercises to get strong. You need to get strong on a very few important exercises, movements that train the whole body as a system, not as a collection of separate body parts. And like, especially when you're looking for stuff that's, you know, I hate the term functional because it's been, you know, coined for a lot of different stuff at this point, but just like the, the yeah. ability to like move your body and get from point A to point B and then be able to pick up a heavy load and then move it as well. Like that's, it's kind of like the basics of strength and like, and that's why we talk about the balance of all the three energy systems. You know, that's why when you were doing your seminar, it was like, hell yeah, like we're on the same page here. Like, it's not just about looking good. It's not just about being super strong. You still have to move your big, strong ass. And like, if you can't do that, then what the hell's the point? <laughs> right. You know, like, right. You know. Cause you have to get up from the ground with Abby pack. You have to be able to step over logs and cross creeks. Like you can't be a macho man getting through the woods um you can be big but you still have to be able to move like you said 
So that's where the mobility and the balance aspect comes into play. And, and balance, I think balance is taken for granted in a lot of in a lot of people. But the older that we get, there's there are three systems that provide input for our balance. It's uh, we have fluid within our ears, we have uh, receptors within each one of our joints and uh, in our muscles that sing, signals back to our brain, and then we have our eyes. The older that we get, we rely more on our eyes. Like you, if you look at older folks walking you always see them looking down, right? And that's because they're relying heavily on their visual input for their balance. Or like when when you're walking through a creek, you're looking down. You're not necessarily looking straight ahead, especially if the creek's a little deep, like maybe shin deep or knee deep. Like you're looking down at the creek to get your footing. You're, you, you're not really wanting to look ahead. So working on the balance aspect is going to help with those big, with those creek crossings. Or if you have to take a shot with a, with a non-ideal stance right like not everything is going to be set up like it is at math or at tack or in your backyard where you can set up take your time get your feet shoulder width apart and draw back like you're going to be on some unsteady you might be on some rocks that are moving back and forth you might have to have your feet narrow or your feet wide apart around your knees or something um so you've got to be able to um you got to be you need to shoot in those positions chad kind of brought that up shooting with a high heart rate same thing with shooting in an unsteady surface or an unsteady position um, but yeah, but yeah. I, I was pumped. Like after the seminar, you got like, you guys showing up to the seminar. That was the most, that was the, the hands down the most people that have ever shown up to a seminar. Like, I was, I didn't know how many people were going to be with the, with you guys at the hunt lift D crew, but your turnout was freaking awesome. And the fact that most of the guys wanted to stick around, actually all the guys that were there wanted to stick around and hear the seminar. Like that was cool. And then Rick and his wife, was it Nicole, Rick and Nicole? Those guys showing up, I think his, his wife's name was Nicole. Don't put me on the spot. I'm um, so guys, bad with names. I, I'm like 98% sure. If he's Ricky. listening to this podcast, you got to yeah. write in, man. He's um, actually going to be on one later those this guys week, so we'll, we'll clarify. Perfect. <laughs> um, but, those, yeah, those guys showing up. like they, It was just cool to see that there actually is interest. Because at my other seminars last year, no one showed up. So it was, it was cool to have. And I, I think it's just like, if you build a crowd, people are going to wonder what's going on over there. So it just takes a few people to start, to start a snowball effect. Yeah. And it's, our crew is definitely good at making a scene and, and getting people interested. You know, we saw that at, when we were at ISC in Denver and, you know, our, our booth be- rapidly became kind of the centerpiece and, you know, we saw the same thing at MAF. So that's what we'll be, yeah. we're good for that at least. And so we'll definitely be uh, making some noise about your seminar and purgatory and get some folks out there. And, Cause it, I mean, it's worthwhile <laughs> and it, it, one, it already applies to what we're doing and it's kind of a, it, it works perfectly. Like it, it's very complimentary. And so, I mean, I think it, it's a no brainer. Um, and we enjoyed it. And I know the boys did too. And they were all asking questions and we, we might even have Chad convinced to get a damn sleep study and get a CPAP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting hey, mine this Carter. month. I'm getting mine. Yeah. I was going to say we got Carter to do it. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, I was going to so say that's... like, I'm oh, sorry, man. I was going to say that nope. seminar was awesome because you know, one, it can be hard to be like, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. And like the Avenue you want to take it. Cause you want to play to your audience a little bit, but like, you know, we may have derailed you a little bit, but we, I feel like at the end we were just like spitballing you with questions and it speaks volumes about your, your background and kind of the breadth and scope of what you can cover with kind of what your job is, because we were hitting you with, you know, sleep questions and, and recovery questions and, 
you know, I was hitting you with like, I think my hips are weak questions and, you know, you were fielding, fielding all of them like a good sport, um, which was awesome. I, we may have derailed you from your original intention of your uh, seminar, but it was awesome, man. It's a, it's a true testament to your, your knowledge base. No, man. I mean, that, that I like that. Like, because I, I'm a nerd. I went to school for my doctorate, right? Like I'm a freaking nerd. I have to be a bookworm to some extent. So I find a lot of things interesting, but typically things that I find interesting, other people really don't give a rat's ass about. So sometimes they'll get bored with me talking. So I had my topic that I wanted to talk about. We talked about that a little bit and then we started to spew off into other avenues and that, that was perfect. Like that's what I wanted. I, I would much rather a conversation like what we had than me just spewing knowledge that no one really cares about and the fact like it was also cool that you guys were asking questions because to me that was telling me that you guys were comfortable enough with me to ask questions and that's like that's my number one thing is like i want people to be comfortable to ask like i i talked to somebody today about peeing her pants right like <laughs> we've got to be comfortable about peeing about talking about peeing her pants together yeah. um if we can talk about that we can talk about damn near anything and so um, no, that was that was nice to see you guys uh, comfortable asking questions and making it more of a conversation versus just a speech. And you guys may have talked about this when my Wi-Fi cut out, but um, you going back and taking classes and, and educating yourself on kind of the female version of your uh, outdoor athlete program and then, you know, tuning it towards that. You and I talked about this at length, but I know my wife who was at math too, she really appreciated that aspect of it too, that you kind of took it upon yourself to go learn as much as you could to help serve the women in the, in the outdoor space as well. Because, you know, as we all know, it's a male dominated you know, yep. demographic here. And yep. we have a ton of badass women on our HLA team too. And, you know, not to be neglected in any regard. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a very underserved population in the general population, and then you niche it down to the hunting community, and it's not. I don't know of anybody doing it. So I, it was one thing that I really wanted to. Um, I wanted to help because no one likes to pee their pants or really talk about it or, um, right? Like it's it's just kind of taboo, especially in the United States. Like we just, we just don't like talking about those types of things and. For me to talk about it, it's pretty easy because I'm, I'm healthcare like I'm used to it. I'm worked in skilled nursing. I've worked in home health. Like I've I've seen and done a lot of stuff, um, and had to do a lot of stuff for work. So to me, it's it's um, much easier to talk about. So I wanted to further my knowledge as far as the female athlete because a lot of the research that's done in performance too, it's mostly done in men, right? Mm, it's not right. really, or it's men and women. It's not really. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not really looking specifically at just women in performance. Um, so there's a lot more research that's coming out with that. So I, yeah, I, and there's another course I'm going to take. It's their live course. I, the course that I took was their online course. I'm going to take the live course probably next year. Um, cause we're going into the, into the three D archery season and hunting season's coming up. So maybe if they offer it later on in the fall, I'll take it. But yeah, it's, I, I, there's still more to learn. I'm no expert by any means, but it's definitely a population that needs to be served a lot better. Yeah. That's awesome. Big proponent of continuing ed over here. When like mm -hmm. something that as dudes, we don't really know. I remember I was <laughs> my buddy, Andrew, who is on the team. He doesn't, uh, Carter knows him pretty well, but he's a interesting guy, but, 
he was like, we were watching a commercial and it was like basically just was talking about women peeing their pants. And he was like, did you know that like women laugh and just piss themselves? I was like, dude, I had no idea. And like, we're just are these two gorilla, like, you know, 25 year old dudes are like learning this from a commercial. And we're just like half drunk watching this thing. Like, what the fuck? And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, my wife's pregnant with our second kid. And you start to realize like, oh, this is like a whole thing that nobody talks about <laughs> that there's like pretty big ramifications with this. And, you know, our, uh, our buddy, Derek, his wife, Jenna, I mean, she talks about pelvic floor issues at nauseam. She's big passion of hers. And she came out of, you know, postpartum was learning about it. And so I've learned more from yep. her about pelvic floor than I ever wanted to, to. She harps on us about how we need to work on our, you know, male pelvic floors. And I was like, I didn't even know yeah. I had a pelvic floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the, reason, it's the reason why uh reason why fun things happen like that's the sole reason um yeah and that's another like that's another thing i want to take continuing education um courses I, my father is never going to listen to this podcast so i'm okay talking about him on here but um he's got like he had prost he had a prostatectomy so he had his prostate removed back in 2019 it was cancerous um and so they took it out and he was good to go for a while he was peeing his pants a little bit but um he started to gain control back after the surgery and then uh, he started to have back in 2021 he started to have significant pain going to the bathroom like he thought he had a uti well it turned out his um, bladder was fried from uh, the radiation because he had and he ended up having radiation and so I told him I was like you need to go to pelvic floor physical therapy and none of the doctors talked about it and this is this is another thing that it irks me but um, none of the doctors really pushed him to go to physical therapy for it and um, he's now seeing a physical like two years later he's now seeing a physical therapist for it because he's still having troubles with incontinence he's better now than he was a year ago but it's still not great. And so that's like, I want to, and I would like to learn the more the male side of things too, because of the fact that prostate cancer, like most dudes, we're going to, we're going to have, it. if we long, live long enough, most of us are going to have it. Um, so we need to learn how to control a public floor so that we're not peeing our pants whenever we laugh, cough or sneeze. So yeah, there's, I like learning. So there's a ton to learn and that's the beauty of PT too is, and that's the beauty with these programs is like there's so many different things to to talk about and to learn about. It's like I'm never really done learning. There's always something to to be doing. Well, that's important because I think there's a lot of folks in the medical industry that don't stay current. And it's apparent. Like, you know, it's not a secret that the, uh, the Army healthcare system is not great, you know. And like I get very, very frustrated when I, you know, I'm a dumb hillbilly who – just likes to work out and I will go in for like a shoulder issue or something. It's like, I'm explaining to the, to the fucking PA or to the doctor, like what they should be doing. I'm like, do you, do you guys study anything or like refresh? And like, I've literally watched a PA get on WebMD and search symptoms, you know, like you're just like, what is going on? This is ridiculous. So it's, it's nice that, you know, and I know there are great doctors and out there and physical therapists that stay current and all this stuff, but it's changing so fast. I mean, even within the last 10 years, like what, what we've thought we've known about training and nutrition and the effects of diet on all this stuff is just, it's just getting turned upside down. And like stuff that was considered like wazoo shit is like now just like known, you know, like 
for diet changes to like reverse autoimmune disorders and just all, all this kind of stuff that like if you yeah. 10 years ago said like you should only eat meat, you're going to see massive drops in your inflammation. And then like this autoimmune disorder may completely go away. People have been like, fuck you. Like, and now like it, there's actual real studies from real doctors and they're like, oh yeah, there's something here. And so this stuff is changing so right. rapidly. If you're not on top of it, you're going to be left behind. You're going to be prescribing Motrin and ice for shit that we know which is exactly what the army fucking does for stuff that, you know, should be active recovery and you know, dry needling and cupping and all these, you know, myofascial therapies that we're doing. And like, which some, some I've had some good care in the army. I don't want to just let bad mouth everybody, but there's been some really stupid stuff that comes down the pipe. And I know it's not just well, isolated to the, to the army. Like it's across the board with some of these doctors that don't stay current on what's going on. Right. And I'll be the first one. I don't know if you know this or not, but you guys are uh, the prime candidates for research. Uh, I don't know if they enlighten you guys when, when they do that to you, but because you are like a lot of, a lot of studies, especially performance studies and nutrition studies and that kind of stuff. It's a lot of it's done in the military because like we're human if the three of us go home, like we're not, we're not at our barracks or we're not at, in a barracks. Right. So our, like our variables are very out of control. The military, you can control a lot more things because everybody's on base. Right. So the more, like, as far as research goes, the more variables that you can control, the better you can say that these outcomes were caused by such and such factor. Right. And so um, monster energy drinks, a lot of the research, copious amounts of nicotine, <laughs> And way too much alcohol in a shitload <laughs> of gas station tornadoes. That's the fucking constant. That's the constant. Like I'm like that the is nutrition the is of so nutrition, like, folks. The, I don't eat the food the army gives us. Like the nutrition that the army provides is so bad. So like any studies are skewed. They should be skewed in the like what not to do to try to like train for performance. It's that it's bad. So bad. It's bad. It's atrocious. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm a convention. Most folks know I'm a conventional infantryman. So like, you know, we're the, the, the fodder when you get into more specialized units, special operations guys, like they're treated more like athletes and there's this whole initiative to try to do the same thing, but it's a funding thing. You know, we'll spend trillions of dollars on bullshit. That's never going to come to fruition, but then we won't invest in the individual soldier. It's the whole thing. I get frustrated about it as you know, as we're on the precipice of our government, not being able to fund itself again. <laughs> Classic. I don't want to derail this conversation though. So back to training and nutrition. <laughs> I, we can go down that rabbit hole if you want. I don't care. I'll sit back and listen for a little bit. Oh uh, no. Save it for a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about it later. That's a whole nother podcast. I don't need to get drunk for that one. <laughs> so that's after June. Yeah, that'll we'll do that at the rendezvous. <laughs> there you go. So what hunts you got uh you got coming up, um, Rob? I am planning on doing a California bear hunt. And that'll be in August, I believe, or August or early September. And then I'm doing an over-the-counter elk hunt out in Colorado. You going with Garrett and Chad? No. Someone's got to go make sure Chad doesn't die. Maybe I'll what, go then. What week are you going? 
or how long are you going for? For the elk hunt? Yeah. Um, I think we're going to go September 9 through 16 or something like that, but that's with uh, a group of buddies um, that, I, that I actually got my first bear and uh, one of the other guys shot his first blacktail. That's with those three. There might be a fourth guy joining us. Um, and then it's a, it sounds like it might be the last year that Colorado might be doing that over-the-counter stuff, so I might take some more time off. Depending on how busy I get this summer, I might be able to justify taking some more time off. We'll see. But if I can, I'd like to spend maybe another week out there if I don't get my elk right away because who knows when I'll be able to get another over-the-counter tag, if at all. Yeah, that's a sound yeah. strategy. Yeah, that's what a lot yeah. of what about you guys are doing. Yeah, we got a lot of dudes that are going. We got a whole camp for HLE that's doing OTC elk this year. What what's, what unit are, you, are they going to be going into? I can't tell you that. We'll talk about that offline. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it mask. Um, oh, there's the train. Got... <laughs> oh, my Jesus. gosh. This is train? one hell of a trains in Louisiana? Jesus. This is like one of our firsts where, like, there's, like, dogs screaming oh or dogs God. barking, kids screaming, <laughs> like, wives banging cabinets around when we first started. This one's ridiculous. This is... This goes on like throughout the night. My trailer park's right next to the railroad tracks. It's great. Rogi, I told you you should have gone to the bathroom. I have to put like the rain on my cell phone, like right next to my head, so the train doesn't wake me up in the middle of the night. It's obnoxious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Living high on the no, but you guys, um, you two are going on a late. Was it November? You said Carter. Yeah, first season elk hunt. Third or first? Fourth. 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 It'll be cold, hopefully. Yeah. Is that in a migratory unit? Like, is that is that the goal to get them as they're migrating, or what's going on with that unit? I have no idea. Luke just told me to apply, so I did. It is a migratory unit, and there's also a resident herd in that same area. Okay. So we're hunting. It's a... We're doing a drop camp with an outfitter that I met at NWTF, actually, uh, and Bear Creek Outfitters in not far from uh, Delta, Colorado. And so we're going to be doing a drop camp with them. We'll be hunting kind of, we'll be hunting mostly the public, but we'll be sleeping, like we'll be accessing it from a private side, which is kind of cool. So we'll be kind of accessing it a little deeper and we'll have a cabin and everything to stay in. So it'll be a little bit of... uh, We'll be day hunting out from, you know, a base camp. So it'll be good. We might spike a little bit, but I, I think it's a fourth rifle is a five-day hunt, so it's a little bit shorter of a season. Uh, but we should be able to catch them. And there's like some – I don't want to get into too much detail, but there's some good areas, some good glassing points to be able to try to, to catch them coming out to feed yeah. that late. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But we've got a good crew going out, and uh, it'll be a good uh, – We get it'll be – Two of our guys, first elk hunt, first Western hunt period. So that's one of them. It's like his first hunt. So it should be a, it should be a good time. Is that was he one of the guys at um, Rome? No, no. This is uh, my buddy Zach. He uh, he's one of my buddies from the army. He's just he's been helping out with HLE, uh, kind of on the administrative side, and he's been wanting to get into hunting. So 
I had mentioned this. I didn't think he was had any would have any interest, and then he was like, we just went all in. He was like, "Fucking, I'm in. Let's go." I was like, "All right, like, so let's do it." Yeah, it'll be good. That is cool. It's fun getting new people into it. Um, that I think, fun. yeah, it's like it's cool to see when my buddy shot that deer with his bow. He missed the first shot and got it in the second shot. He shot it. I saw the hit. <clears throat> And I didn't see it go down, but the third guy was watching us from across the valley in a different avalanche shoot. He watched the whole stock, and he saw the animal go down. And as soon as the animal went down, we heard him yell across from the freaking avalanche shoot. Like, he was psyched. And seeing, and then when they both got there, like, we found the animal. Um, it, was, it was so damn funny. The one guy saw it go down. He came hauling ass across the valley. And he's a mountain goat. Like, he's climbed El Cap twice. They backcountry ski and snowboard. They do all this crazy stuff. So he's he's a mountain goat. So he got up to us pretty quick. And we were trailing the blood. And when we found the deer, like, seeing those their reaction when we found that deer, like, it, it kind of rejuvenated the the hunting spirit, I guess. Like, that, that drive to get out there um because it was just so cool to see like one guy shot his deer for the first his first ever deer and then the other guy saw a, saw the, a successful hunt for the first time ever and that that was just freaking awesome to, to witness like i some i would rather do that sometimes than get my own animal like i if i brought a new hunter out a buddy out every time and they got something or like just seeing that success with them like that that was fun yeah it's a blast like Carter is like the most altruistic guy in the world. He'll have six tags in his pocket and want to guide somebody else. And I'm not like that. I want to go without a tag, but then I will be all about somebody getting their first animal. But if I have a tag, I, get, I tend to get a little selfish. I want to go fill it. But it is. It, it's so great. That's, you know, having, you know, Carter and I have kids now and like seeing my little boy running around. It's just like, I'm so excited to be able to get him out and share that with him. And, you know, it's, it's what this is all about yeah. for us. Yeah, and it's cool. Like, so does your wife hunt? She has. I don't know that I would say she's a hunter, but she she likes to. Uh, she's killed a, a white-tailed doe, and she sat with me a bunch before she even had any interest in, in shooting one. And she probably sat with me 10, 15 times before she actually was like, I actually want to take a gun this time. And, you know, I bought her a rifle and we practiced. We started with a 22 and repetition, repetition, repetition. She was drilling, you know, yep. steel at 100 with a 22. And then she started drilling it with her 270. And, yeah, so, I mean, she's into it. But, you know, I don't think she would ever go without me, <laughs> for being honest. At least not at this juncture. <laughs> she might in the future. She's gotten really involved right. with, like, our female side of the house. It's called Women in the Wild, and a couple of our our badass ladies have put that together, and Caroline's a part of that, and she's we got a segment of the podcast that's uh, Women in the Wild, and so I think that that's going to grow, and then her interest will grow more, especially when she's with like minded females. I think that's a big part of right. it. It's hard because like, what's she going to do? Come to hunting camp and hang out with me and Carter and the boys as we're drinking and farting, and you know causing a ruckus or is she gonna well you know would she do that if it was her and her girlfriends right has she um so math is actually doing something at soldier hollow and i don't know if she would if she has a bow or not but this would be something to push out maybe to 
to your ladies that, that are on the team, they're doing a, um, her outdoor journey is the, her Instagram handle. And she's leading like a women's only like archery deal at soldier hollow. I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, but it's, they, they go up and shoot one of the courses, I believe. And they talk about camping and backpacking and all that stuff. Um, that I thought that was, again, that's serving the, the women in the community that is a male dominated, uh, community. It's, it's more tailoring things towards, towards women. It's led by women. So I thought that was pretty, another feature of math that kind of get to give them another plug. Um, a feature of math that was pretty cool is, uh, a, a women led program. That's awesome. Where's that one? That's at Soldier Hollow. So that's their event that's going on over uh, Memorial Day weekend. What state's that? Utah, just okay. outside of Salt Lake. Okay, cool. Yeah, so all of our ladies listening, that might be something to go check out. That'd be really cool. And that's you know that's something we in the future we want to do is more women specific events and you know have as we grow. Like right now, I think we've got sixteen, fifteen or sixteen ladies uh, on the team, and you know as we look at opening team applications back up, you know, that's a big part of what we want to do is bring in more women because it, it is intimidating and there's a barrier to entry. There's a barrier to entry to dudes, you know, that cost, there's knowledge, there's all these things that make it hard. And then you take that and then you make right. the fact that like, there's, if you're going to go walk out in the woods in a public land area, you're going to see 99% men. And so like, we've got a, a friend that of the brand, uh, her Instagram and TikTok's rookie hunting, but she's a relatively young hunter. At this point, she's very accomplished. She's killed a ton of animals for as new to the game as she is. But she she's talked about that in the past. Is like, and she said she's had mostly positive interactions. But every once in a while, like some old man will be like, "What are you fucking doing here?" You know, and she gets like some you know, woman walking alone in the woods with orange on. It's like, well, I have every right to be here too. But like, that's the type of stuff that we might not think about on the surface that they have to put up with, right. that, you know, we need to probably think more about, you know, and like try, try to lower those right. barriers when we, where we can, you know, and it's, and it's not, I don't really think it's like right. treating anybody different, but it's, it's just understanding that there is a difference and that they are dealing with different problems than we are. Like I don't laugh and pee my pants very often, um, at least not without copious amounts of alcohol involved. And like, you know, like that's, that's kind of a thing apparently. Oh, <laughs> and so like, there's, you know, there's, there's problems that, you know, we just don't think about as dudes that we've got to wise up to across the board. That was yeah. an extreme example. The, I mean, the first, <laughs> I mean, the first step in acknowledging or the, you know, changing something is acknowledging that something needs to be changed. So yeah, like programs, you know, when you guys open up your applications and being mindful of, of the female side of things, and then like me with the, with the female athlete program and, like the her outdoor journey, putting on that class at math, like that's that's just more things that are allowing women to it. It reduces the barrier to entry. It, you know, it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a male dominated thing because it's like a manly thing. There are some women out there that would put a lot of men to shame with like how badass they are. Right? Like there's some chicks out there that probably we've got sixteen of them on our damn team. Me. Like you've got some right. bad ladies. Like one of our. Uh, April, like shout out to her. Like she grew up guiding in New Mexico, and like she still got, like she's killed more animals than CWD. Like 
(laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a, definitely a population that needs to be, um, to be served a little bit better and to be open or welcomed a little bit easier into the hunting community. So, Uh, well, shit, man, we're, we're rolling up on a, on an hour here. That went by quick. It's amazing how fast it goes when three quarters of it's just bullshitting around, but, um, (laughs) we are trying to create a little bit of structure in in this, in, uh, and ask some consistent questions. And, you know, we've covered the training aspect and, you know, we've, we've talked about your hunting a little bit, but what's your, what's your favorite game to eat? And then, you know, with that game, what's your favorite recipe? Oh, not to put you on the I'm, spot. So I, I grew up eating whitetail. Um, so I like, <clears throat> I haven't shot an elk myself, so I really don't, ha- I've never made elk myself. Um, I've had bear and that was, I made a bear stew. That was okay. But again, that was my first time making it. So I would say whitetail would be the favorite game just because that's what I know how to cook that's what i grew up eating um and then favorite meal to cook i made a venison stroganoff once venison mars is it yeah venison yeah venison stroganoff yeah and that turned out pretty phenomenal i made when i was a traveler or i'm still a traveler but when i was on a rotation in southern minnesota um i made it was new year's eve and it was myself one other traveling phlebotomist so they're phlebotomists are folks that go in and draw blood um and then another guy, he is working for a cable company that he travels around. I'm so glad you clarified like, that. Never I, was, I was thinking like a lobotomy. I was like, that's kind of morbid. No, it wasn't hanging out with lobotomist. <laughs> lobotomist. And uh, I made that that night. Like I, I knew the phlebotomist for about a week or two. And then the cable guy had just met him like the day before. And so I was like, I'll make some venison. Um, and some stroganoff and turned out pretty well and they were pretty happy with it too. So that was reassuring. That sounds super good. What about you yeah, guys? Carter, you first. I'm on a mule deer kick right now. And I think it's mostly cause I'm just obsessed with mule deer. It's just the flavor of the week for me right now. So anything mule deer is my go-to. I can't have enough of it in my, in my freezer. And I was lucky enough to kill a, uh, kill one in, in Montana in November. And, uh, I made some mushroom, like mushroom stuffed meatballs, like meatballs inside the mushroom caps and then baked them for my family. We do, uh, we do something called shake it up Thanksgiving, which is like both my sisters are nurses. And so everybody's always busy on Thanksgiving. And so we do like, uh, we pick a day and my whole family gets together usually before Thanksgiving and everybody makes a recipe that you wouldn't try at like traditional Thanksgiving. So you make like some weird shit. And so I always make some wild game recipe I've never tried. And uh, that was pretty phenomenal. That was really good. I was a big fan of that. That, that does sound good. Yeah, it was super good. You put so, cheese on it? Yep. Yep. Cheese over the top. Melts. Yeah, that's good. It's prime time. It's good. Yeah, it's not really a meal. I mean, from Wisconsin, not really a meal unless it has some cheese on it. I'm sure you could do curds, man. No problem. Hell yeah. There, now we're talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Luke? Last time I was asked this by old Sam Seton, I said wild pig, but I think I'm going to change my answer because I'm a big flavor of the of the wheat kind of guy when it comes to my cooking and game. Ooh. 
I, gotta I know go what with, you're gonna say. Yeah, with the you know I, I broke out that fryer at at Rome and uh, <laughs> pretty much fried <laughs> anything. But I was really digging <laughs> the gator and the catfish, especially. I mean, the gar was surprisingly extremely edible. Yeah. Um, I really liked the, the consistency of the gar was good because it had a little snap to it. It wasn't, I mean, gator has like the consistency of chicken, but gar is kind of an in-between the catfish and the chicken, or I mean the, the gator with the consistency. And it was good. And I, I think all that came out really well. And that was my first time really running a deep fryer, but I'm pretty sold on, we might do it a little less next time because we all had, I don't know if it was all the, the Miller Lite or the, <laughs> or all the fried food or a combination thereof. But we were all pretty tore up there for a fucking few days. But, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, that was just a one. I was just a good time. And I, I really enjoy kind of just the culture of eating and eating game and bringing all that stuff to an event like that. And everybody was coming by wanting to try, you know, have this lineup of different meats and game that we'd all killed. And I mean, we even, we deep fried mule deer and antelope. And it was and, uh, actually and crazy. <laughs> and we did deep fry a honey bun and Cajun bread. And that turned out pretty all right. Uh, it's really good. I think, I think actually oh, in, in Pennsylvania, it. the FTO guys are going to be trying to sell those deep fried honey buns with Cajun <laughs> seasoning. So. He was, he was all oh, on board. Oh, he called me. Joe called me and was like, guess what we just bought? And I was like, what, what, what's, what's up, buddy? And he was like, we just bought, a jumbo pack of honey buns. We're going to do some testing this weekend. I was like, hell yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, I could take about a bite of it. And I was like, that's it's a little rich for me, but the meat turned out yeah. awesome. And I figured, yeah, you know, phenomenal. I'm in Louisiana now, so I might as well embrace some of this deep fried cooking. Uh, definitely going to switch off the peanut oil and try to get, I'm going to try to get some uh, tallow and deep fry in that. I think I would handle it a little bit better. All that seed oil fucked me up, but it's good. You think it was that? You think it was the seed oil? <laughs> well, the beer too. Let's be real. But I do think I do think Not the seed oil I had something to play. I do. At least we're being honest with ourselves here. Well, there was there's definitely a lot of beer that was drank that weekend, help. and oh, the whiskey. Uh, before we hop off. Because this is another thing um, that I wanted, that I, I just joined up with these guys. I met them at the um, Blacktail Archery Shoot up in Montana last year. They're a good group of dudes, Red Patch Outdoors. Um, and they're going to be doing, it's called the School of Hard Knocks. And the more people I've texted about it, the more people don't know about it at all. So I just paired up with them. What What's going to happen is like anybody that signs up for it, they're going to go shoot the course with you. They're going to give you tips. They're going to go through some scenarios. Um, actually, each each target's going to be a scenario. Like they'll make up scenarios that you have to do. They're going to give you shooting tips. Uh, you get to try out gear and backpacks, um, and then uh, there'll be a little campfire, little social hour afterwards. But I'm going to be doing a bow draw analysis with them too. So what that is, like there's running analysis, there's cycling analysis, like bike fits and all that stuff. So bow draw analysis. I'll watch folks draw their bow back. Still trying to decide if I'm just going to have those guys videotape because that way they can have, we can go over the exercises in person versus me watching them and then deciding the exercises. Like just trying to figure out the logistics of it. We're going to talk about that later this week on a podcast, actually. But um, 
I wanted to get that in here too, just in case some of your guys are thinking about going to one of the math events and are newer to archery. It would be a very good program for their, for them to be um, looking at. It's super cheap. Honestly, I looked at the prices. Like it's, it's really not that expensive um, because you get one, I think it's two days of math passes with it. And so you're getting coaching on the mountain as well as getting, um, getting a couple math passes the cheapest option is like 150 bucks. So it's really not too expensive. Um, but I wanted to get that in there too, because I'll be a part of that as well. That's really cool. And if guys, you know, don't really know what you're talking about with the bow draw. So you'll see it when do, especially like younger archers that are pulling in such a way where it's like all arms, where they're not actually engaging and like pulling their scapula and like trying to pull with their whole back. And I'm correct me if I'm wrong. That's what you're kind of looking at. And, kind of going through and doing the analysis and how are they actually and like, where are their weak points in their draw where they're not engaging certain muscles? Yep. Like, yeah. So that, that, that's really yep. cool. I, I think yep, it's that's really exactly pertinent. It. So, yeah, well, we wanted to, I wanted to add value to that somehow with the, with my services, with my skill set Cause obviously like, I don't have gear for people to try. I don't have um, any of that stuff, but as far as the, I mean, it's an archery shoot, so I had to make it. I wanted to make it archery specific, so that's where the bow draw analysis came into play. So, folks will get. I'll watch them draw their bow back, and then they'll get. Um, they'll get the AccuTubing program, so they'll get a strengthening program for sure, and then likely another three or four exercises on top of that to improve the mobility. Um, to, so that way, they can increase their draw weight or in, improve their draw cycle efficiency in their hold times. Will you be that's handing awesome, out a uh, sample pack of those beer straws? Beer straws. <laughs> yes, yes. The sample. Sorry, I mislabeled it. The AccuTubing. I'm sorry, I mislabeled it. It is the beer drinking straws. Talking about okay. that beer tube. <laughs> I figured that that's shit's what it made was. in China, so I don't know what's. I don't know what that latex or what that rubber's made out of. So you know, he's had worse in his mouth. I promise. <laughs> oh shit! Well, it. we're we're busting past an hour now, so let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Carter, what do you got? No, man, really appreciate your, your time, Rob, and really looking forward to, one, getting on some hunts with you and hanging out with you some more and building this relationship. And, you know, you know that's that's really been the coolest part about being part of Hunt Lift Eat is the rela- relationships made. Um, and I just, dude, I just love, we just all fit right in, man. And you're, you're part of the family, whether you want to be or not, man. And I just really appreciate yeah. <laughs> you. No, man, I, I appreciate you guys. You guys are I've said it a million times already, but you guys are freaking awesome. I, I like what you guys are doing as far as the um, the hunting community and getting fitness in, in it and growing that community. I think that's awesome. Um, so I'm excited to see where you guys take this, and I'm excited to be a part of it with you guys and help you guys grow in any way I can. Same to you, brother. And, you know, we appreciate you coming on and the help. And, you know, you weren't too disappointed in our shenanigans throughout the weekend. So that was good. Uh, but we no. probably needed somebody kind of <laughs> keeping an eye on us to make sure we weren't getting too out of line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to keep, we can't go, we can't go mayo to mayo anymore. We got to go mustard to mayo. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent, but no, I uh, pr- appreciate it. Um, well, yeah, let's wrap this one up. Everybody go check Rob, out Rob working. Yeah, yeah, oh, my bad. Yeah. My bad. You're good. good. No, go Carter. I was gonna say, Rob, where can uh, folks find you on uh, Instagram or your website? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. It's wilderness at wilderness dot physical dot therapy. 
I'm on Facebook as well. Um, and then my website is www.wildernessphysicaltherapy.com. Uh, my e- email is info at wildernesspt.com. If you guys, if anybody has any questions about programming or aches or pains or anything like that, that they um, need to modify anything, let me know. I'm more than happy to answer some questions. Oh, yeah. Listeners, go drop a follow and hit up Doc in the DMs. Much love to Wilderness PT. 100%. Much love to Hunt, Lift, Eat. I really do not envy Carter's job of editing this podcast between the internet no. d- delays, the railroad, fucking the train running by, the dogs barking. This is going to be a good one. He probably won't edit a lick of it. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be like a 15 second long pause in the center of it. <laughs> what you get is what you get. <laughs> and the people watching on YouTube are going to watch you and I just stare at each other like not knowing what the hell's going on. <laughs> it's like, are we frozen? Are we not frozen? But yeah. One of these days, this, this will, maybe this should be the first one on YouTube. <laughs> Super awkward. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. It can only get better from here. Yeah. That's what we've been saying that for two years now. <laughs> We're not much better. Hey, right, you got to keep it. It's, it's, it's part of the brand. It's part, part of, the, of brand. the brand. Part of the brand. Nobody follows us for our professionalism. That's for sure. Hey, it makes it a lot easier just to be consistent and be yourselves then. 100%. 100%. But yeah, everybody, if you are interested in being a part of all these shenanigans and hanging out with the crew, uh, go check out our team applications. I'm not 100% positive when this one's going to drop, but our team applications are either open or they will be open within a couple of days once this one's live. So go check it out. Go to the website. Go to the Our Team section. You can go down. You see where the link to the application is. Drop the application. You'll be contacted within the next couple of weeks. Um, and if we, if you're selected, you'll get an interview and we'll hit, hit the ground running. So, uh, definitely worthwhile. Pretty much everybody that's joined the team has had a good time. And I mean, from a third party, Rob can tell you, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's value to, it's not just about fun. Like you guys do some awesome stuff for your members, like the rendezvous, the having the seminars, the monthly seminars. Um, I don't know what you guys do as far as the programming side of things, like what, what's the hook up there, but as far as the value, like the you guys are not, yeah. So you guys aren't, you guys aren't in it for the cash. You guys are just in it to, to help everybody out. So that's the biggest thing is if you're trying to help people out, eventually it'll, it'll grow and get big. Hell yeah. You heard it from the man himself and he's a doctor. So you got to listen to him. Thanks y'all. <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs>